Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you to 2 Corinthians and Daily Drive Time Devotions. We are beginning a study in 2 Corinthians this day. As we look at 2 Corinthians, we're going to find out together that God wants to encourage us. He wants to encourage us as his people and his servants. He wants us to realize that we're not alone. I want to begin with the first couple of verses which sets up where we're going and who Paul was talking to as he wrote this book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 1, 1 and 2 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This letter is written to Corinth and to the whole region around, we'd call it maybe a county today of Achaia. It's written to these people that Paul so loved because he'd spent much time with them, serving them. Paul first goes to Corinth. You can read about it in the book of Acts. He's just gone to Athens, and he's preached the gospel there, and not many have responded. Maybe he was discouraged because not many had responded. Who knows? And then he walked into this city of Corinth. Athens was a city of thinkers. It was a city of philosophy. It was a city of beauty and of art. Corinth was a city of noise, confusion. It was a city of a lot of marketing going on, and it was a city that had a lot of sin, evident sin in it. Corinth, in many ways, was the least of the places where you'd think the gospel would be heard, and yet God sent Paul there. And the truth is, it wasn't the city where the thinkers and philosophers responded so well. It was this city where people struggled with the realities of everyday, everyday life and sin, where people responded to the gospel. Corinth was a very busy city because of where it was located. It was essentially made for greatness by its location. It stood on a narrow four-mile-wide isthmus between North and South Greece. So it was a great trading and commercial center of the north-south traffic, but also a great commercial center of the east-west traffic. Because the southern cape of Greece, you'd have to go around this dangerous cape by ship. And if you walked across this four-mile-wide isthmus, it could save you a 200-mile journey around that dangerous cape. So you had people coming from all different directions, north, south, east, west, and they're all colliding in Corinth. And because of that, so many people coming through, it was a city that seemed to have everything, all the luxuries that our world, that that world had to offer. And yet they lacked joy, yet they lacked peace, yet they lacked love. They lacked what only Jesus Christ can give. And in their great need, in their great lack, they turned to immorality and sin. It was well known in that day. In fact, the word Corinthicize literally meant in that day, it was a slang term for drunken and immoral debauchery. In the Greek plays of that day, the Corinthians were always the drunks. In Corinth, on a hill outside of Corinth, stood this foolish temple. They called the god they worshipped their Aphrodite but it was just an excuse for their own selfishness. A thousand temple prostitutes served there, some of whom, by the way, would be set free from their bondage by the gospel of Jesus because Paul went and preached at Corinth. And Paul comes into a city like this, and he has a ministry there that's an amazing ministry. He begins preaching in the synagogue. He has great success there. This often happened in Paul's ministry. The people were hungry, but because of the great success, there came the usual jealousy and opposition. So they threw Paul out of the synagogue, but they didn't throw him very far in this case. Justice, who lived next door, offered his house to meet in. And in fact, one of the great stories of the church is in what happened in Corinth. Only a few months later, Crispus, who was the synagogue leader, came to know Jesus Christ. Here's the guy who was the leader of the synagogue that had thrown Paul out. He'd pushed Paul out of his building, but he couldn't push the message of the good news out of his mind. And in just a few months, he comes to know Christ. This ministry in Corinth, it was difficult at times, but it was also extremely effective. 
And as a result, Paul stayed there for quite some time, and the people became very close to his heart. He stayed in Corinth longer than any other city except for Ephesus for 18 months. And as he stayed there and preached to the people, he helped them to know the good news of who Christ is. As we walk through 2 Corinthians, you realize it is 2 Corinthians, so there was a 1 Corinthians. I'd encourage you, if you haven't done that study in Drive Time Devotions, to do that study first. It tells you about the struggles that this church was having. Paul walked through a lot of those struggles and questions with him in 1 Corinthians, and now in 2 Corinthians, he walks through a lot of their personal relationship, how he has served them and wants to continue to serve them. This is, in many ways, is the most autobiographical of all Paul's letters. He just talks about who he is and what he's come to do. And as Paul talks about this, throughout this book, I've come to see this book as a kind of a, a servant's survival handbook. Paul talks about himself as a servant and how he's come to serve the Corinthians and the struggles that he had with them or the struggles that they had together with others. And he talks about how God helped him to overcome those struggles, how God helped him to survive those struggles. In fact, as we walk through this book, we're going to see together 10 specific ways that God showed Paul how to survive. God shows us how to survive and some principles for surviving the realities of serving Christ. If you think that serving Christ means everybody loves you, you're never going to have any problems, you haven't looked at Jesus. Jesus who was perfect, and I'm sure not. Jesus who never made any mistakes, and I sure make plenty of them. Jesus wasn't loved by everyone. Jesus had to survive a lot of things. And Paul starts it from the very beginning. As you walk through these 10 principles through the chapters, in chapter one, the first few verses, you learn about surviving despair. And the survival principle there is that God will comfort us so we can comfort others. A second principle that Paul had to survive under comes in the latter part of the first chapter and in the second chapter, surviving misunderstandings, misunderstandings of your motivations. And the survival principle we're gonna learn there is that our confidence is based on conduct that's marked by holiness and sincerity. Paul had to survive a third thing, he had to survive the offenses of others in chapter two. And the principle there is you have to learn how to forgive as a servant. A fourth thing that Paul had to survive we see in this book is he had to survive accusations in chapter two and three. And the principle we're gonna see there is you, in order to survive accusations, you recognize openly that your competence comes from God. You don't try to defend yourself, you realize God's my defender. Paul had to survive, we see in chapters four and five, he had to survive a loss of heart. And the survival principle there is you fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Paul had to survive a sixth thing. He had to survive everyday life, just the routineness of serving. You see this in chapter six and seven. And the principle there is you try to live so that no one will find fault with you. A seventh thing Paul had to survive is he had to survive hurtful relationships in chapter seven. And the principle there is you keep your heart open, even if they close theirs. Don't let a hurtful relationship close your heart down. That's what Satan wants. That's what causes you to no longer be a servant. Uh, an eighth thing that Paul had to, in this case, help others to survive is surviving selfishness in chapters eight and nine. And this principle there is whoever sows generously will reap generously. You just remember that principle to survive as a servant of God. Number nine, Paul had to survive criticism. In chapters 10 and 11, we hear about that. And Paul says the way to survive criticism is let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. And then in chapters 12 and 13, Paul talks very honestly about how he had to survive weakness, human feelings of weakness. And the principle there is God's power is perfected in our weakness. 
Now, we've just run through these 10 things that Paul had to survive very quickly and just mentioned the principles very briefly. This is going to be our study these next few weeks together as we walk through 2 Corinthians. We're going to see together how God can help us to survive and thrive as servants. As a servant of Christ, you're going to face challenges. But as a servant of Christ, God is up to helping you to meet those challenges. Not always the way that you would expect, but in ways that actually transform your heart and life and the life of those around you. So as we begin this servant survival manual, this is a good time to affirm your decision. I'm a servant of Jesus. Paul often called himself a bond slave of Jesus Christ. That meant a willing servant. I'm a willing servant of Jesus because I know he loves me. Or maybe for the first time to say, Jesus, I want to serve you with my heart and life. I don't want to live just for myself anymore. Let's affirm that with him right now. Our Father, we thank you that you've given yourself for us. Jesus, we thank you that you have served us, not only in the way that you lived and taught, but in the life that you gave on the cross. And so we reaffirm right now, we want to serve you. We want to serve you by loving you and responding to you, and we want to serve you by serving the people that you've made, that you love. So show us how. And in those times when it's not easy, when there's things that we have to survive, let your word speak to us and give us the strength not to be deterred by the things that we struggle with, but instead to survive and thrive even through those things that we struggle with. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow we're gonna to look together at verses three to seven and we're gonna hear about God's comfort. 